Georgia Virtue presents the Let Me Tell You Why You're Wrong podcast. Thank you for downloading episode 287. This week, we have Bobert blowing up. Strategery. Fetterman inspires change. Anyone see my jet? A murder do-over. Ukraine on the offensive far from home. Branding a comedian. Hacking Little Don. And this is the end. Almost. I'm Dave Roberts. With me is my partner's endeavor, Representative Emeritus Ken Pullen. Hey, Dave. How are you? Oh, I'm all right. <clears throat> you know, the, I think we're both said we're, we're kind of kind of verklempt. Yeah, there's a little bit of congestion going around. I'm also at a guy's golf trip in Panama City, so if you hear anything in the background, it's probably seven other guys uh, laughing about something. So just excuse that if any noises pop up. <laughs> yeah, Ken had the really difficult decision to talk to him this morning. Whether he's going to go play golf or fish or, or or just lay at the beach for a little while. Yep, maybe all three. That sounds good, actually. <laughs> if we could get you done with this, right? <laughs> yeah, if we can get done with this. Yep, exactly. So Lauren Boebert crosses party lines. I like I like your headline. <laughs> Man, what a story this week. Uh it just seems like Washington is in total dysfunction, both political parties at the moment. But yes, it, this happened out in Colorado, I guess. She was back at home and she was in a movie theater with a date. So her and her husband, just a background, her husband's Jason Bobert. They announced they were getting a divorce back in May, citing uh, irreconcilable differences. So Lauren starts dating again. She's in a movie theater. She's doing funny stuff with her date. And then she's also vaping, which I think is what really got her into trouble. So yeah, she did some funny stuff. Boy, I wish I wish someone would tell me a joke like that. <laughs> Look, they were being overly affectionate. Yes, in a movie theater. Uh, I don't know what movie they were watching. Oh, actually, it was during a live performance of Beetlejuice. Yeah, yeah, it was a live performance of Beetlejuice. Yeah, so they had four minutes of footage of CCTV cameras. Uh, that were showing Bobert vaping. And, you know, if everybody doesn't know, she's she represents far, uh, really the far western part of Colorado. It's a huge district out there because it's not a lot of people. She just won her election back in 2000, or in the last election. She only won by a handful of votes, like 50.4 like or something to 49.8. So she's in a very kind of uh, purplish district. And this just looked, I mean, it really kind of, but classless of her making out and vaping in a, in a theater full of other people and kids. Well, <laughs> I, I wouldn't be the first theater I've ever made out in, <laughs> but, but you would think the tickets would be so expensive for, uh, for like an off Broadway Beetlejuice, the, the musical, especially with decent seats. Yeah. Right. Also everybody who vapes knows you can't vape inside in public. No, you can't. Now, now can she- you get away with it? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People are doing it more and more nowadays. What was funny about this, I mean, it's not funny. It's like, yeah, she got caught doing this, and then she sort of pitches a fed, asked the people if they knew who she was. She went through that whole routine. But she did a couple of days later. She said, all future date nights have been canceled, and I learned to check party affiliations before you go on a date. So supposedly this date that she went on was a Democrat guy. <laughs> yeah, so she's kind of joking <clears throat> about it now. 
Like it's, well, she it's, also kind of threw, kind of kind of made herself the victim. Yes, I guess. I guess I just won't date anymore. You know, that'd, that'd, be, that'd be fine with us. You just go on chatterbait with your friend out of Virginia. <laughs> exactly. No, I don't. She's in. She came in with that populist wave. She did. She the, owns a bar out there, bar restaurant where they have you know you carry your own pistol inside. I mean, she, you know, it's a whole gun type uh, restaurant and bar. But she did. She came in different, right? Yeah, she came. She came in with the, with the populist stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and there goes the podcast again. <laughs> uh, she, she came in with the populist stuff. Very pro Trump. Very pro like her Marjorie. But, that, but, that's the, but that's the only thing they had was pro Trump. Yes, that's it. Yep. Pro Trump, pro America. I mean, look, I remember Joni Hertz when she first came in. She did a commercial where she's she was uh, uh she was nutting pigs. <laughs> you know, she, and she's like, I I know how to cut fat, and she and she, and she and she's like talked talked about about castrating animals on, on the farm. <laughs> so you know that. It's that it's that it's that tough talk that, that that Republicans come up with, and then they, they then they get they get in office and and act like lambs. Yep. Look, I I don't have a problem with who she dates, but it's it's classless and it's 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 an embarrassment to the to the people of her district. It is. That's it. And what's worse is that do you know who I am? I know. I can't stand that. That's the worst thing you can do. If you have to ask. No one. Everything's no. being recorded nowadays too. So I mean, as soon as you say that, you, it's just you just can't do that. I'm, get, I'm guessing she's going to have a hard time getting reelected after this. So I think the people of her district have probably had enough at this point. I don't know. It's I think it's a, it's a it's a a, a sparsely de- uh, populated area, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sparsely populated, yeah, just, but really big in landmass. Yeah, just a yeah, huge just, district. Yeah, so she uh, she when she goes back to uh, to uh, uh, campaign, it's a lot of time on a bus. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. So Trump team gets strategized. Yeah, this was a cool story I saw this week, or a very interesting story, I guess. So back, uh, every state has, and it's pretty neat, every state has their own method for calculating presidential delegates. So with the primary season coming up, Georgia has a certain way for, uh, so when we go vote in the presidential primary in March, Georgia has a certain uh, method to allocate delegates to the presidential candidates like Trump, DeSantis, you know, Nikki Haley, anybody running. So what the Trump campaign did is back in 2016, they were brand new, right? Trump came in, he didn't know any of the rules, um, still won. And then his party around, like a MAGA crew around him started getting very strategic over the last two to three years and going around to different states and having them change their uh, rules where it would benefit him in a primary election. And that's what they've done at this point. So they've gone around to states like California and they've made it a winner take all from a delegate perspective. So what's happened now, even if Trump only gets 35% of the vote in, in California, for example, even if he beats DeSantis just by one percentage point, he'll get every California delegate. So the Trump campaign was very strategic on this. They went around, they got, you know, they courted these party leaders Court of the, you know, the state delegates that were making these rules and setting these rules. And they've crafted it where Trump, even if he get, even if he only gets 30, 35 percent of the presidential vote from a Republican standpoint, is going to win these delegates really quick and probably spur him to very quick nomination on the Republican side. The only thing that does is 
allows him to keep some powder dry. Yes, exactly. Yep. Is once it's over, it's mathematically over. You stop. You stop aiming the cannons at each other. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. Now it's time to get serious about the about the the general. Mm-hmm. And what that's done. So it's really influenced how the DeSantis team is campaigning also, because they know, for instance, in California, DeSantis has got no chance. They're a winner-take-all state. So Trump's going to get all the California delegates, which is which is a huge number. Uh, so DeSantis is really then trying to go to states that have more proportional delegate representation. So if Trump gets 35%, he gets 30%. They get this, that number of delegates, you know, proportional uh, according to how many votes you get. So really having to change their campaign style and, and where they spend money and where they you know don't spend money. So I thought it was very interesting that the Trump team, 2016, not strategic, just running for office wins. But now they've really put this apparatus around the team to go out and understand how they need to to win a presidential primary this year. So, Well, we've had back-to-back presidents stumble into the White House. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Trump had no idea what the hell he was doing, and lightning just, just struck for him. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, running against ter- ter- yeah, Hillary Clinton was terrible, terrible right? Candidate. Nobody likes Hillary, so. Yep. And then uh, Biden stumbles in by staying in his basement. Mm-hmm. Yep. Nobody gets to no one, no one witnesses bizarre behavior. The way he walks is if he's telling his his legs, left one, right one, left yep. one, right one. Which is really going to uh, be his strategy again <clears throat> this year. So I don't think he's going to leave his basement. For the next nine months until the election, or the next year, I guess, until the election. But he wandered off during a press conference uh, the other night. Did you say with it, the president of Brazil didn't he shake his hand? And you could see the Brazilian president was kind of miffed about it. I mean, he was not happy that he didn't shake his hand. It just kind of wandered off. Yep. <clears throat> if anybody wants to, know, we, I mean, we're talking about this delegate story. George is more of a hybrid. So George has a, this hybrid model where. Uh, if you get 50% of the vote, you get all the delegates. But if you don't get 50%, it's sort of a proportional, uh, you know, how they dole out delegates. So Georgia is a little bit different here. And Georgia has actually 59 delegates. So quite a few. But Georgia is very different in regards to how we do it. Yeah, I don't I don't, I don't, know if DeSantis is going to spend a whole lot of money here. He can try it. Yeah, he'll, he'll do a little bit just because if, if he can keep Trump below 50% of the vote, then it benefits him. If, if he thinks Trump has more than 50% of the support, then, yeah, he's not spending much money here. He'll go to other states. Yeah, this nipping at his heels thing, I mean, I, I, I guess that I guess the uh, uh, the lion takes down the giant elephant by by uh, nipping at his, at his legs and taking one piece at a time. But it just seems like a long road to victory. Yeah, it does too. It seems it seems it's starting to seem unrealistic. Yep, it is, and nobody's gaining any traction. Uh, so, yeah, I, th- I think I think May. I think these these uh, you know Iowa, whatever happens there, New Hampshire will tell will be pretty much the end of most of the candidates at that point. I hadn't even really well, heard the, any the, news lately. I mean, there, I know there's another debate coming up soon that Trump's not participating in, but I just it's not. I just haven't heard much news about any other candidate. They're not getting any airtime. They're not making any headway against Trump. Uh, Nikki Haley shows up stuff. Uh, uh, Ramaswamy shows up, will show up on any news channel and have a debate with anyone, which, which I admire. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know if it's a winning strategy, but I, I, I admire the moxie. 
Well, it's an interesting strategy, Cotton. We'll see if it works out for him. Yep. So we're, we got a new Senate dress code thanks to a potato. Yeah, this is amazing, isn't it? So this week, uh, they actually changed a Senate dress code to really accommodate Senator John Fetterman of Pennsylvania. I know everybody's seen him. He, he lumbers around D.C. in a hoodie most of the time and in shorts. So they changed the rules where he could be on the, on the Senate floor now with that outfit. He doesn't have to wear a suit and tie like uh, you know all the other senators. Well, they, they changed it for all 100 senators. But this is truly to accommodate Fetterman's. Republicans mocked, mocked him hard about this this week, too. I think Tommy Tuberville said he was going to wear, you know, the old Auburn football coach. He said he was going to wear his coaching jersey on the Senate floor. Susan Collins, Senator out of Maine, says she was going to wear a swimsuit on the Senate floor. So it's been, I mean, they've really been mocking uh, this decision this week to change the dress code. Is it a reasonable accommodation because Fetterman's so messed up in the head? They need something they could change him quickly in? <laughs> I don't know. We were talking about this earlier. I mean, you know, who at the end of the day, who cares? But it, it, it does. It does show, I mean, dressing nice and wearing a coat and tie, showing your constituents you can look nice and official. I mean, that's what they're electing you for. They're not electing you to go to Congress and wear shorts and T-shirts on the House floor. Uh, now, if they voted the way I want them to, I, I don't. I really, honestly, don't care what they wear. But it just looks terrible. It's a terrible look every every time you see Fetterman walking around in his outfit. Yeah, a guy looked like Fetterman was walking naked through DFW. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that video. No, I didn't see that video. It has to be ambient guys like, oh my god, there's somebody naked and ah. walking. He goes, yes, and, he, and the naked guy's like, yes, there is. Keeps walking. Jeez. But he has the bald head. It's like, is that Fetterman? Yeah, and Fetterman, look, every time he opens it, I mean, there's there's still some serious issues with him. Every time he opens his mouth, I don't know if you saw him last week talking about this, the United Auto Workers strike. You know, he starts a conversation, and you can tell where he's what he's starting to think about, and then it just goes all to gibberish at that point. He literally cannot finish an entire sentence without just making zero sense. Again, it's not age. It's mental acuity. Yep. Yeah. So, <clears throat> Senate, Senate dress code. I can't wait to see everybody with swimsuits and shorts and uh, all of our elected officials dressing down like that. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> all right. We're, we're going to need everybody to check your, your pockets, purses, bags. Uh, we've got an F-35 missing. Oh, yes. Goodness. How much, is that, how much did that jet cost, Dave? Do you know what the total dollar figure is? Ah, uh, well, I think a quarter billion. This is the new F thirty five. Is like the new shiny, right? From a jet perspective in the military, isn't it one of their top? Uh, yeah, it's top uh, planes. Uh, the new version has uh, vertical takeoff and landing capabilities. It's a oh wow! This was a, a a marine bird doing a routine training mission. The pilot ejected. We don't know why or how. And for for a day, no one knows where the plane is. <laughs> I don't know how that happens. Is it so well, it is, it, it, is it so it, stealth, it stealth that you don't know? <laughs> it is stealth, and I think it was it, well. It was very full, close to the to the uh, to the hard deck uh, as far as getting Been below able to track the, it. Yeah, being getting tougher and tougher to track it. 
But these things will, they do have the capability to auto eject the pilot. Yep. And at this point from the Department of Navy, where we're not hearing if that's what he says happened, if he, if he, if he pulled the, the ejection handle, uh, if, if he got, in, if he got in real trouble and pulled it or, or if the computer just, I mean, I just can't imagine sitting there doing three quarters of the speed of sound over South Carolina and say, yeah, everything's great. Next thing you know, my ass is in the air looking at a parachute coming out. What does that feel like getting ejected from a plane going that fast? I mean, I don't know. The only thing I've ever been ejected from is a baseball game and a marriage. Yeah. <laughs> I just can't imagine that's a pleasant experience getting ejected from an F-35 going at those type of speeds. Uh, yeah, this. So uh, yeah, I looked it up. It's, this plane is about one hundred forty million dollars. It says uh, there were two oh, of them out high. doing a yeah, two of them out doing a. They were just doing operations over South Carolina. It's really fun. I don't know if everybody. I don't know if you saw it, David. This this uh, guy that lives. This is out in the South Country or South Carolina Low Country, right? They they interviewed this guy called Randolph White, and he is famous now on all the social media sites. But he. It's this older black gentleman, uh, probably 75 years old, that describes what he heard. <laughs> and if you haven't heard it, you got you to gotta Google Randolph White because it is hilarious. Listen, this guy described the plane coming down. He said he was shaving and he heard this loud screeching noise. And yeah, he it, it's good stuff. It, it's, uh, it, it's really funny. <clears throat> yeah, I mean... Hey, hey. <laughs> What did Jeff Fox say? He might be a redneck. If you've ever been on the TV uh, uh, news explaining exactly how the tornado sounded coming towards the trailer park. Yep. Yeah. What's what's interesting this about the or what was interesting too is I heard people saying that after the pilot ejected, they didn't even know if the plane went down or not. Like they they were worried that the plane could have continued flying. You know, if the pilot somehow ejected himself or auto ejected him by mistake, it's just weird that a pilot would eject and not know where the plane is. I mean, how did he not know what direction it was going in? This is so strange. Well, once he lets go of the stick, he has no idea. Yeah, but he's up in the air and the plane just keeps going, right? I mean, it's, it's, just, it's amazing it took him over a day to figure out where this plane was. Well, you're, you're also, you also come out tumbling. Yeah, God, which sounds, again, very, very unpleasant. Yeah, I mean... You don't necessarily know. I won't say you're not tumbling like a baseball, but yeah, you're coming out. The 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 the, the as far as what I know, the the seat separates from you, and and the next thing you know, you're you're hanging as a dope on a rope, and, and that jet's long gone by by the time you realize what the hell went on is going on. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, the thing's going so fast. Once he got his bearings, he probably didn't even see the plane. Wow! But over a day, yeah, I mean, yeah, all they had what to do is amazing put- is as I didn't. <laughs> I didn't know that a plane could eject you and key and, and the autopilot and I just okay. I know. We're gonna stay on this heading until we're not. Jeez. All I had to do is put an air tag in the plane. It would have found it really quickly. That's what I've got on everything I own now that uh I lose all the time. I got one of those Apple air air tags and uh those are amazing things to have uh on key rings. <laughs> even even in your luggage on the airplane. I know people are starting to put them in luggage, car keys. I've heard uh, people put them in their kid's car where the kids don't know about it so they can track them. <laughs> yeah, so his uh, Apple AirTag is awesome. Yeah, uh, uh, I, I have heard of, of people going to lost luggage at the airport 
and going to like, like it's it's not here. Yes, it is. It's not yep. here. Yes, it is. <laughs> I can Look, see it. I have I have the tag. I can see it. Yes, it is. Uh, not that people at the airport would ever be rude. Yep. So Tex McIver or McEver Ever is on trial again. This yeah, is Claude he- Lee Tex McIver the third, formerly high profile Atlanta lawyer, found guilty of killing his wife. Yeah, if you remember back in 2018, he was uh, he was found guilty and sentenced to life in prison. Uh, so he appeals. This was a big case back, what, four or five years ago? I remember it's on the news all the time because they were just high-profile people, you know, had quite a bit of money, stuff like that. So he appeals his uh, case. He goes up to the Georgia Supreme Court, and the Georgia Supreme Court uh, said they overturned his original conviction. Uh, and what they're basically saying is the trial court made a mistake by denying his request to allow jurors to consider a lesser charge of involuntary manslaughter. So Tex, so he's basically the you know they got to try him again for the murder of his wife. Years and, later, yeah, years later, five years later, and the guy's been in jail the whole time, right? So he's uh, he's been in jail and. Uh, I mean, his case has been going through the appellate court and finally made its way up to the Supreme Court. So he gets a new trial. So it's going to be very interesting to see where this goes. Uh, I remember everybody was talking about this five years ago, but yeah, it's kind of out of everybody's mind now. So it will be interesting to see if the jury finds him guilty again of the same charge or he potentially gets something less this time around. If he got involuntary, he'd be out time served. Yeah, he will be. Involuntary carries, I think it's like one year to 10 year sentence. Uh, so yeah, if they convict him of involuntary, I think the judge will probably just let him go at that point. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's I don't I'm not, when, when was his actual convention? He was found guilty in 2018. He killed his wife before that. Yeah, he killed his wife back in 16. Um, yeah, yeah. You, get, you get the justice you can afford. Mm-hmm. This guy can afford it. And he knows he honestly from from jail you have or prison you have nothing else to do, and you have a law library. Yep. Sit down and start and start writing. I know, start writing. Yeah, and this is you remember this is when his wife was in the front seat of the car, so he never denied that he didn't kill his wife or didn't shoot his wife. I'm sorry, uh, that was kind of harsh. He never denied he didn't shoot his wife. He was in the back seat. What what he said is it was an accidental shooting. You know, he didn't mean to shoot her in the front seat. Uh, so that, that was kind of the background of the story that you know, he was arguing, hey, I didn't mean to do this. And I think the jury asked or potentially, you know, wanted to know. And they, they never told the jury they could a- actually convict him of involuntary versus this felony murder charge that he got. Well, yeah, because that's over, that overturns two felonies. Mm-hmm. If it was involuntary, they, they don't typically give you with possession of a firearm during a felony. Right. I wouldn't be surprised if he got involuntary at this point and was out. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what happens this time around. And I can't remember why he was in the back seat. Yeah, somebody else was driving. Yeah, somebody else was driving, right? And I think he was, he, he was either showing off his pistol or something like that, and, and he says it went off. Yep. <clears throat> but then again, we had, a, we had a, a ADA down in uh, down Jessica's way that shoot a hole in the floor trying to show his pistol off. So, Ukraine drone strikes in Sudan? Yeah, this was... Uh, I saw this headline this week, and I thought it was so interesting, or so kind of weird and bizarre. 
Uh, so there were this week there were some military drone strikes in Sudan, and it looks like Ukraine was behind these drone strikes. So they were taking out some of the Wagner-based uh, militia near Sudan's capital. That Wagner group is a group that works. It's sort of a paramilitary group, a contract group, real rough guys. Uh, work for Russia. Work for you know they're they're involved in. In Russia, but you know, Russia hires these guys to go around and do their dirty work for them. And it looks like Ukraine found them down in Sudan, right outside the capital, and and lit them up with a drone strike. So I did not know that war between Russia and Ukraine had now sort of escalated outside of the two countries. Uh, I thought this was weird, though. It's, it didn't it's smell right. The, that the Wagners were were heading to to oust Putin at one point. Mm-hmm. Yes, this is the same group that was going yeah, to Alice Putin. And their leader, if you remember, three or four weeks ago, died in a, a plane crash. You know, his plane was shot down out of the air. So Putin, the, the Wagner boss, got Putin shot him down because he tried to overthrow his government at, you know, a couple of months ago. And now Ukraine drops a bomb on, on the group that was trying to kick Putin out or overthrow Putin's government. It's a w- weird story. It's it's. Very strange uh, politics that we don't understand. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't understand the politics of the, of, of the Wagners, the Wagners, yep. uh, the Ukrainians, and the Russians. It's 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 a very old relationship and and very contentious in the way they handle each other. Mm-hmm. You know, Ukraine was independent before the Soviet Union took over. Yep, and they want to be they want to be independent again for the most part. That's, that's how they voted. The Russians feel like uh, feel like they're, you know, Lincoln trying to hold the union together. Mm-hmm. So every, everybody's convinced they're right. And it looks like, uh, you know, there's been more hearings you know, on Capitol Hill this week about the budget next year. You know, they're they're trying to avoid a government shutdown, which uh, probably when the show drops, we I guess we would have avoided because I think it shuts down over the weekend if they don't strike a deal. Uh, Biden's trying to get 18 billion more dollars to be sent to Ukraine, and the senators are arguing, you know, do we include this 18 billion in the continuing resolution to fund the government, or should we, should we have this 18 billion dollars argued separately and just a separate bill, right? Up and down vote. Do you want to give Ukraine 18 billion more dollars? I'm totally for that. I think I hate these omnibus bills that you know have everything included in them. Uh, but yeah, this is on the kind of the eve of sending eighteen billion more dollars over to uh, Zelensky, which is a lot of money. Yeah, I've heard all sorts of stuff on this. Heard Tim Scott in an interview uh, this last week that uh, he thinks important. He's important to send the, the military aid to Ukraine because we don't want the war spilling over into NATO. And Ukraine is a stopgap for us. Um, that he's he's protecting American lives by by sending by sending dollars. Does but it spill over? Send, yeah, does it spill over? I mean, is, is Russia just <coughs> want Ukraine, or do they, if they win this war and take if, Ukraine, does it does it continue? Uh, I guess is the question. According right? to, to to NATO bylaws, if Russia fires one bullet into a NATO country. That's an attack on all of them. Yep. This is why we were warned against uh, uh, entangling uh, relationships. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
Yeah, because they could pull everybody into a war over one country. Did you hear about the Ukrainian spokeswoman? <laughs> no, I hadn't heard that. All right, so there's an American that holds holds uh, an, an NCO rank, apparently. And because it uh, uh, is American, they've been using using it for uh, for messaging. It's a very obvious transgender. And saying stuff like, Putin is a vampire. Look at the corners of his mouth, you see blood. Oh, I mean, outlandish stuff. Wow. And finally... <laughs> Finally, they suspended it. Like, okay. So, <laughs> the worst possible messaging by the crazy, take QAnon times 10, and they yeah, give the right. person a worldwide stage. And then, have, then, then, right after you, know, you hear the speech, here comes Zelensky to the UN going, hey, I need more money. Yep. I know. He was, uh, he was, I saw a speech at UN too telling everybody they're, they're not doing enough in regards to climate change. I, I don't know how somebody involved in a war is worried about climate change at the moment, but he was lecturing people also this week about uh, how we're not doing enough. What the hell's that? What? That, that's, that, that wasn't Zelensky. That was <laughs> Biden. <laughs> Hey, if you if you if you want this aid, this is what I want you to talk about. Yep, exactly. Eighteen billion, eighteen billion to buy a lot from me. Mm-hmm. It was. Hey, man-made climate change is going to kill us off. No, it's not. Here's eighteen billion. We've got to do something about this climate change. <laughs> uh, I think you're right. And the time to act is now. Yep. So Russell Brand caught some. Sexual assault and rape accusations in the last week or so that are one of them is at least twenty years old. I think it was, I think it was from uh, early two thousands. Yeah, I think most of those. I think most of these allegations and they're yeah. I think there's five. It's up to five now. Women have come forward. I think it was fifteen to twenty years ago. Said they were, you know, accused him of rape and and. Right back in 15, 20 years ago. So yeah, I think that's the, I think that's the time frame. Russell Brown's forty eight now, so he would have been what mid twenties at that point in time. I think right. it's like twenty five to thirty when this occurred. Like, I, I'm not a Russell Brand fan. I've never even really heard the guy talk, but this has generated a lot of headlines this week. He was Russell was married to Katy Perry back in I think the time frame on that was like two thousand thirteen ish, which is amazing. Yes. So Just look at the, the, the difference of the two of them. I know. So he was married to Katy Perry. They only were married, I think, 15 months. Uh, she actually finalized her divorce from Brand in 2012. Uh, it sounds like Russell Brand has a uh, a sex problem. Uh, she had a nickname for him, which he actually really likes. She called him uh, Grigory Rasputin, uh, who was that famous sex crave Russian mystic who died back in 19 or back in 1916. But he was like, uh, so her nickname for him was Rasputin. He found out about it and absolutely loved it. So he kind of sees himself as this big time, uh, you know, sex guy, all the women love him, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But this is really blown up this week. No, not an excuse. If the behavior happened, I think he was, I think he's since given up drinking and drugs. Yes, I think he has to. And he said, no, he said, all of it happened. He said, look, I'm not denying that 
I had uh, sex with these women, but he said every bit of it was consensual sex. You know, they all agreed. There was never any, uh, you know, I didn't force it on anybody. Uh, so he, he's coming out with that angle. It, it's interesting to me, and we talked about this earlier, that a lot of people like Tucker Carlson, you've got the Daily Wire guys, Ben Shapiro, Matt Walsh. A lot of guys have come out sort of in his defense this week. I, I couldn't quite figure the angle out on that. I didn't know if it was they were defending him because these were women, you know, these are 15, 20 years ago allegations and they're just coming up now. You know, why didn't they come out before or is there some other angle that they're defending him on? I, I was confused on that. Look, two decades. Yep. Uh, yeah. He's been demonetized on YouTube. Basically all of his supporters are, all, you know, anybody who's getting paid from have uh, stopped at this point uh, paying him. So he's, yeah, I, I don't know. It's a strange story. Uh, from it is because because everybody has gone into their political corners. They have in this right. one. Yep. And Brand is neither Republican nor Democrat. No, he's not. Yeah, but I think I think Republicans are defending him for some reason. But he, you know, he did peddle some conspiracies about the vaccine and COVID nineteen. He, I don't think he supports the war in Ukraine. Uh, yeah, so they've they've come out hard against him this week. Yeah, I don't think he supports any war. I don't, yeah, I agree. I don't think he supports any war. Yeah. Uh, look, he, he, I've seen some of his stuff. He, he was pretty funny in uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. <laughs> uh, you know, he's, he, he's a talented guy. Uh, it, it, some of it sounds like, and of course, they didn't get, obviously, for, 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 for protection of the, of the victim, you know, we don't hear a whole lot. But so it sounds like either he was he was a, a, a little rough or something like that. Mm-hmm. None of none of what, what I've read so far, and I could be wrong. It could be something sitting in a sealed indictment waiting for him that he walked in and forced himself on anybody. Yep, and they haven't had. Yeah, there's been no charges filed against him yet. So these are just accusations at this point. I think the London police authorities are actually investigating these uh, these allegations now. I don't know what the statute of limitations is on on rape type allegations. And I guess it depends on whatever it is in England is where I think this stuff is. Some of it's occurred, right. Or where the women are accusing him of. Yeah. And I, and, and here's where we go. Any emotional abuse. Mm-hmm. Okay. Emotional abuse means that there was a relationship going on. Right. I can't emotionally abuse you walking down the street. Just you walk by and go, Hey, you're an a-hole. I feel <laughs> abused. No, I mean, it, it sounds like he was a he was a total dirt bag. Yep. And it, it was it was it was fun for him to find young actresses that are there were coming in or young musicians that are coming in, use use his influence, get what he wants, and move up to move on. And I think some of that may may have hurt some feelings and and all that. I I, I have no idea if it's true or not. If it's if, if it's true, I hope he goes to prison. Yep. But if, if these are exaggerated, and, and we found this with Kavanaugh and others, yep. is when we, we keep hearing these accusations for 20 years ago, like, where were you for two decades? Yeah, and I think that's what's, yeah, I think that part of his people coming to his defense are seeing us also as, you know, the same things happen to Kavanaugh uh, and, and other people. Uh, and the Kavanaugh stuff was, yeah, it was totally ridiculous it, that it came up like it did. Yeah, they don't. They don't know what dates. It, they keep talking about in or around two thousand eight or something like. 
No, if if something traumatic, you go to the hospital that that night. And I, and I want to protect and I want to protect women from from this kind of stuff. But you can't wait twenty years and ten relationships later and go, hey, remember what happened in two thousand two? Yep. No, I don't. I what may make it worse is because he, I think he drank back then, is he may not remember what happened either. No, probably doesn't. All right, so Don Jr.'s Twitter was hacked. <laughs> yeah, what uh, what was his password, by the way? I, I saw somebody make fun of this. Was it Somebody asked, it was his password Trump 2024? Yeah, so Donald Trump's Twitter account was hacked. Uh, he wrote, and this is coming from his Twitter, official Twitter, I'm sad to announce my father, Donald Trump, has passed away. That's sort of what... When people saw that, they knew something was going on. And then he said, uh, this just in North Korea is about to get smoked. And then he also said another post was like, you know, F Joe Biden. So I don't know how somebody's Twitter account gets hacked unless you just got a terrible password. Uh, this happened last Wednesday. Uh, all the posts were deleted, but it was, uh, it caused quite the firestorm when they, they said, I'm sad to announce my, my father's passed away. I think Trump responded to that with a golf a photo of him on a golf course. Yeah, you know, uh, I don't know if it's if, if it's hacked directly into Twitter, or if people have uh, uh, they can clone your clone your phone. Yeah, that's pro- I think that's what's happening in a lot of these cases is they're cloning your phone and then you're getting all the the information and passwords. Yep, I think that's what's happening in most of it. I, mean, I can't imagine getting close enough to, to Donald Jr. to to be able to, to to scan his phone and clone it, but people do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I've seen that in some Mission Impossible movies where they did they have the cloning technology. You just got to get close enough. <laughs> I thought that was just in the movies, but it's actually not. Yeah, I mean, a lot of a lot of stuff, even the original series, came true. Of course, you can't cover up a, a burning a burning audio tape with a with a cigarette anymore on an airplane. <laughs> What's his name? Peter Sellers. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he was uh, uh, Marshall Dillon's brother. Okay. Um, James Arness. Peter Peter Sellers is a it was his stage name. Huh. Very interesting. What a piece of useless information for I you. I know. I'm gonna have to tuck that away deep down inside the brain. <laughs> Useful, Dave. Useful. Yes. This is a good time to remind you that these are our opinions, not those of anyone not on the show or respective company for which we may work, own, or otherwise associate ourselves with on a regular or irregular basis. Also, you can find other episodes and relevant stories over the GeorgiaVirtue.com. All right. You know those costumes, the the, the horse costumes that had two people in it? Yep. Well, this week it's a mule and Barker, Barker Black's on one end and Daffy Totten's on the other. The rotten uh, Totten DA duo. Jeez, what a yeah. She's uh, she's mentioned quite often on the show. Also, this is not the first time either one of them has been the mule of the week. <laughs> uh, these folks, first of all, they they make horrible decisions with bond hearings to to fly out deny as, as much as they can. Yep. This is one more. We had a man who's held for five hundred eighty-eight days, so almost two years in jail. Accused of child abuse, uh, I think sexual abuse, uh, and I'm sure a handful of both things. 
And Barclay Black goes into court and argues. And trust me, I trust the. I blame the judges on this too. Uh, finally, in I think June, after being locked up for that long, he uh, he puts a special request in for a bail hearing mm-hmm. because his brother died, and uh, they gave him compassionate bond. You know, he had a bunch of letters from people in the community say what a good guy he is, and this is this is this doesn't match his behavior, all sorts of stuff. Yep. Uh, so he finally gets he gets released, and then a couple months later, he gets acquitted on all charges. Yep. So are they overcharging, or is Barclay Black just a horrible, horrible attorney? It's a combination, probably, of a, <laughs> of a couple things. Yeah, Daphne Totten can't make a good decision. Right. Barclay Black can't argue well in court. Look, the, and if the guy's guilty of sin, that, that's 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 the worst part of it all. Yeah, it is. You had two years to prosecute this thing, and, and and we don't have details if if on the back end over the two years uh, DNA samples were lost or something like. I have no idea. Yeah, but you're right. I mean, we've either got a couple things going on here. This guy served almost two years in jail. If he's innocent, then it was terrible sitting in jail for 588 days. But if he's guilty of sin, then the people he committed these acts against now have no justice. So, I mean, yeah, this is just total incompetence. On somebody's part. I believe believe that this is the duo that has ignored exculpatory evidence, Mm -hmm. causing causing retrials, which cost the taxpayers a ton of money. Yep. And again, there's there's a good possibility that these people that have been locked up for a long time are guilty. Mm Mm-hmm. But you know, this is the same folks that that got somebody on a, or tried to hold someone on a rape charge and held them for a long time. I think it was a year and a half with exculpatory evidence with with the girl's roommate saying, no, she went chasing him down. Right. And then, the, you know, then the, it was, the sexual assault was so bad, she got up and had breakfast with him. And still took it to trial. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, they're a mess I down I there. Won't, I won't tell anybody how to vote, but when her ass comes up on a ballot, vote her out. I hope, but I mean, if they don't vote her out, I would imagine we'll be having her as a mule of the week again sometime here uh, shortly because this a lot. What'll be funny is when, is, when, is when she's booted out and turns out and and hangs out her shingle as a uh, defense attorney and uses the exact same arguments that she kept sh- shooting down. Yep, <clears throat> lawyers. Yeah, you saw this. This story was reported on the Georgia, Georgia Virtue, so uh, there's a good article that Jessica wrote about this on the Georgia Virtue. And wrote with a two-week-old in her lap, I'm sure. <laughs> yes. And, and and two dogs keeping keeping a close watch. Yep. So we have the Othal Wilson verdict. Yeah, probably not a lot of people have heard of this one. <clears throat> um, this guy actually you know, shot a police officer down in Florida. At, I forget what the exact date was. Uh, they were arguing for... Uh, you know, they said this is a clear-cut, really, case of first-degree murder convictions. They were trying to get for the death penalty on this guy. Um, you know, police officers down there were really upset about this at this point. That uh, This verdict came out this week. So, and the reason we brought this up or shared the story is there's a couple of cases uh, that have been going around with stuff around BLM and people getting off uh, on charges. There was another case where... The guy beat up the Korean jewelry, you know, shop guy. He got off this week. 
and it's it's almost like some of these juries are starting to get nervous to convict people because of it. Could, it almost feels like they're getting nervous of convicting people of crimes because it may come back on them at some point. Uh, I just don't know if that is, is that going into juries' minds at this point, Dave. You think with some of these sort of controversial BLM groups, protesters. I would guess that the Wilson verdict was a, a negotiated verdict. It's, you know, 9-3 convict. You get three holdouts and they say, fine, how about manslaughter? Right. And the, and I I hate negotiated verdicts. I do too. I think, I think this, the prosecution should have to dance with the girl he brought. Yep. So if he, if he brings murder one, you better prove murder one, Hoss, or, or else the or else the the defendant's going to walk. Yep. But <clears throat> I, I digress on that. I I would, I would assume that that Otho Wilson was was just a was negotiated. You, you had you had a split, and you had you had hard heads on on the not guilty side. Said no, we're not we're not going to put him in jail for murder. We yeah. didn't think what he did was murder. Yeah, because he said you know, his defense argument in this case, he said he was scared when he saw the police officer approaching him. So. You know, his this whole deal was like, okay, I'm out here. A police officer is approaching me. I'm scared for my life. So that's when I shot the police officer. And that was his. So that's that's how the jury let this guy off. I mean, what? And then, and, 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 you know, then the prosecution argued that police officers have every right to, you know, walk up to people in these high crime type areas. Uh, but in this case, the jury said, yeah, the guy was sort of feared for his life, so we're not going to convict him of first-degree murder. I don't know. I don't, I, I think I've heard this, I've heard this a couple times, though, in recent cases where people are doing, you know, committing acts of violence, and they're saying, hey, I did this act of violence because, you know, our community is being destroyed or, you know, whatnot. We're scared of the police or scared of this. So it, in turn, I acted out and did something and they're getting off because they're using that as a justification for committing acts of violence or either shooting police officers in this case. Yeah. First of all, not only does a police officer have the right to walk up to you in public, so do I. Mm-hmm. Uh, he could no he could no law no more shoot a police officer for being scared than a than a white guy could be in the in the wrong neighborhood. And have have somebody come up and go. Uh, he looked like a gangbanger. I got scared, so I just shot him in the face. Right. Well, I'm sorry. That, that that was a guy that was on his way to help his pastor. He wasn't a gangbanger because yep. he he made a decision. He if it went the other way, Ben Crump would be outside my house. Yep. Holding a press conference, demanding that they hold me accountable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> you know the. So as far as our jury scared, I, I don't know. I, th- I think you're getting jury nullifications. If you're a defense attorney, you have one of these guys. All you have to do is get one or two of those jur- uh, jurors on there and, and hang it. Yep. And you get a new trial, you get more money. Hang, hang the next jury. Is it's, it's, it's all going to be how you go out the, uh, the, the jurors. Hmm. No, I agree. Yeah, that could definitely, that could definitely be playing into this. I, I just I hate for that to be the case, that you're going to handpick jurors. Now, I think jurors can be ejected off a jury if they're open with with their with their prejudice. Really? Okay. So, so that's you have alternates. So if somebody it was deemed that the, that the person lied, 
His judge will ask, can you make a fair and impartial? Can you set everything aside? And you say, yes, I can. And, and if that, you know, that's, you've told the court, yes, I, yes, I will set everything aside. And then have you get in the jury box and say, no, I'll never convict that person. Yep. Then, then I think they they can be, they can, the former can go to the judge and have that person booted under certain circumstances, I believe. <clears throat> but yeah, if you're, if you're yeah. If you're smart, you just won't say anything. You just sit there and like, I'm going to ha- I'm going to hang this jury. Yep. Yeah, you could definitely do that. I don't know if you saw this week too that a uh, the grand jury in Atlanta they're going to let the defense attorney interview some of the people that were on the grand jury, and that was causing quite. Uh, I'd never heard that could be the case. I didn't think that I didn't I didn't know that was allowed to do. But Trump's defense team up there in Atlanta is going to be able to interview the grand jury people. Which I don't know what they're going to ask him, but that's going to be interesting to see what type of questions come out of that. Well, sure, it's not going to be accusatory. It's going to be what was presented. Yeah, exactly. You know what? What because that same evidence is going to be is going to go into another jury. So I'm sure they'd like to even just for their own research to understand what what was the argument. Yep. I don't think grand jury should be done in secret. No, I don't either. And if you get if you if you're if you're going to indict me, stand up and, and tell me what you have. Yep. I agree. So anyway, we don't have we don't have long to worry about this. Mankind <laughs> may be coming to an end in twenty one eighty two. Twenty one eighty two. What is that? Another hundred years or so? Yeah. So NASA scientists this week came out and said uh, there's this astronaut or asteroid. I'm sorry, not astronaut. There's an asteroid called Bennu. B e n n u. They're predicting that it could strike the Earth in the year twenty one eighty two. Uh, this thing passes by. What's so interesting about the story is they call this a near-Earth object. Passes by the planet roughly every six years. Uh, we discovered it back in September of 1999. So every six years, this, this big, huge asteroid comes, you know, whizzing by the Earth, uh, and they they're looking out into the future now with its, you know, which is amazing the technology I guess they're using on this kind of stuff. But they said it's actually got a 1 in 2,700 chance of hitting the Earth uh, when it does a flyby in the year 2182. So, hey, Dave, me and you will be long gone by then. But this is the type of near-Earth object that if it hit the Earth, it would be one of those catastrophic sort of life-ending events because it would just change the planet so much. I think it's the size of Texas, which is huge, right? Yeah, I mean... you and I would come back to the surface as oil. Yes. I mean, there, there'd be there'd be nothing left. I mean, whatever whatever rebuilds after after human extinction. Yep. We'll look back at 2020 and go, "What the hell were they thinking?" Yep, I know. I mean, look, everybody was praying for it last 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 election cycle. I know. In 2020, like just giant meteor. Let's just take giant this, meteor. Just I take love the, t- yeah. the t-shirts were awesome, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a pretty big chance. One in 2,700. I mean, that's uh, yeah. So that, it'll be very interesting what happens on that. It's 159. Well, yeah. On on that on that scale, it's it's galactically very close. Yep. But in actuality. I mean, it won't be able to speck in our sky. Yep. I say our. won't really be our sky because you and I would be dead. All right, Kenny, you got any final thoughts? 
No, I don't think I've got anything this week. I mean, the weather's finally turning fallish. I'm sure your job has slowed down a little bit. No more 90 degree weather at the current time. So it's probably a relief for you. And uh, look, I know you're looking forward for vacation next week. So we'll be doing the podcast early, but uh, yeah, enjoy your trip next week. And I know you're probably, your wife's probably already started packing if she's like mine. Yeah, uh, she'll, she'll pack this weekend. <laughs> yeah, you'll probably pack. Two hours before you go on your trip. Nah, she'll, 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 she treats me like a Sherpa. Yep. I say, if you pack it, you hump it. She says, no, that's not how this works. <laughs> well, uh, my closing thought, I <clears throat> I don't know how this happens. But Kim Zol- Zolciak and Croy Beerman, Kim was uh, um, Housewives of Atlanta, I think the, the original season, Croy Beerman was a uh, uh, was a linebacker for the Falcons. Now I'm not shocked they're getting divorced because uh, everything I've heard about Kim is is uh, she's a she's a lot, yep. she's a handful. But they're claiming that they're destitute. Uh, how somebody who played in the NFL, I, th- I think ten seasons, and somebody who made tons of money off of reality TV and off, I think she spot, uh, did like commercials and stuff and, and claimed to be poor. You had, uh, IRS liens, uh, a BMW that was being repossessed. Uh, I mean, I, I feel, I feel bad for them that the, they, they, two kids that are 10 and 11 and our three kids, nine, 10, 11, Talking about Irish triplets. Yep. But <clears throat> I mean, I guess that's what happens when you think that that uh, money's never going to run out. <laughs> I, th- I think there was some some talk that 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 if there was gambling involved and all that stuff. But hey, that'll but I can't it. speak to it. I just I just know they're they're crying. Uh, they're they're poor mouthing us now. I don't, I don't think I'm going to be contributing to a GoFundMe for for uh, for the Beermans anytime soon. No, not at all. I don't see I don't see as many GoFundMe fundraisers out there. You know, when when that came out a few years ago, there was always some type of you, you would see that quite often. But I don't see it as much anymore. Uh, I see it every once in a while. Uh, like uh, family's house burned down and stuff like that. And it was for, if it's from somebody I know, I'll contribute to it. But but it's just forwarded from. It's not that it's not that. I just I don't I don't trust people. Yeah, I don't either. And and they take I mean that that uh GoFundMe I think they take ten percent or something. I mean they take a large number of the money that comes in. So if I want to help somebody like in that case you just mentioned, I'm just going to write them a check and give them to them directly. So they've they've got the funds. Oh, there there, there was a story I didn't I didn't put in there. Here's your closing thought. No, go ahead. A kid, a, a young guy starts to GoFundMe, claims to have cancer. Raises $30,000, takes the money to Vegas to plays in the World Series of Poker. Oh, really? Yeah. I guess you got to gotta appreciate the hustle. Yes, but definitely. He went out in the first round <laughs> and said he's, he's not giving the money back. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> well, thank you, everybody, for listening. Big thank you to Eric Cumbie, uh, our awesome editor, to Ken Polo, my partner Endeavor. We'll talk to you next week.
Catch me howling at the moon